Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be recapping the 2021 comedy detective fiction film, Queen Pins. (laughs) Do you know what? Every time you read whatever the hell Wikipedia says about a movie, I'm like, immediately no. I know. Who chooses the genres that are displayed? I, I don't know. But anyways... We're going to be recapping the 2021 comedy detective fiction film, Queen Pins, starring Kristen Bell, Paul Walker Hauser, B.B. Rexa, and Kirby Hollowell Baptiste. And Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn just pops in real quick. Yeah, about two thirds of the way in, Vince Vaughn's like, what up? Representing the USPS. Listen, I have a newfound respect for the U.S. Postal Service after this movie. I wonder if Fitz Vaughn's position in this movie is an actual government position. Yes, it is. So Vince Vaughn, he'll come in later in the movie, but he plays a federal agent, but he doesn't work for the FBI. Mm -hmm. He doesn't work for the CIA. He works for the Postal Service. He's an investigator for the Postal Service. And he has a badge and he yeah. has a gun. And I think that's badass. Yeah, he's not a mailman. He's the mafia of the post office. He's the post office mafia. Yes. Yeah. He's the enforcer. He's the enforcer. <laughs> I didn't realize like all these agencies have like a police force that enforces their stuff. Mm. What the hell does the FBI do? Why, why are we paying the FBI if everybody has their own? For the BAU. <laughs> So that we could have a show about criminals and sociopaths. Yes. For our entertainment. That's what we pay them for. For <laughs> our entertainment. Okay. Yeah. For good movies and TV. This movie is about couponing gone. I don't want to say extreme because I think couponing very quickly spirals. I think if you really seriously coupon, it, you will spiral into criminal activity. It, it's a slippery slope. It can spiral very quickly, like you said, because you're not allowed to sell coupons. But a lot of people do sell coupons. What they'll do is they'll go and they'll collect all of these coupons from the garbage or Mm -hmm. they say they're from the garbage. Mm -hmm. And then you can go online and you can purchase coupons, but they're like super cheap. Dude, I just want to talk about couponing real quick because I have great admiration for anyone who has the patience to sit down Mm -hmm. and clip these coupons and then remember to use them. Because I'm not against using coupons. I just forget. Like I'll have, I'll get a coupon at the grocery store and I'll be like, ooh, next time I'm going to get a free box of ice cream. And then I I forget. I will tell you that there was a brief period in like 2010 where Frank and I dabbled in couponing. We're learning a really, really dark secret here. Is there a symbol for couponers the way there's a symbol for swingers? You know what? We got we were in and out of the game before we even (laughs) knew all the lingo. It's we did it mostly for toothpaste and toothbrushes and stuff like that, which is super easy to get for free. But what we realized was, is that if you added coupons to your Kroger Plus card and then you scanned your paper coupons first, they would still double take the coupons off of your Kroger Plus card. It was it was a glitch in the system that we found out, but only if you went through self-checkout. Are you confessing to fraud right now? Can you Google the statute of limitations before you go to jail? Oh, but I don't think this is fraud. I think this is more like theft by deception. Okay. But let's see. Five years. Yeah. So we're good. It's been <laughs> longer than that. Okay. Can't catch me now. Like we didn't set out. We didn't set out to steal from anyone. Mm-hmm. It was a glitch in the system. It's, yeah. That is an IT error mm-hmm. on Kroger's part. Okay. That you exploited. That, that I exploited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Only for toothpaste. 
So let's talk about the main character of this movie, Connie Kaminsky. Yeah, Connie Kaminsky. She's based on a real person, by the way, because this is based on a true story. Yes. Connie is played by Kristen Bell. And before we go any further, is there anything you noticed about her, Courtney, that you want to point out in this movie? Her hair. Okay. What about it? It was curly. Courtney, that was the most terrible wig I've ever seen in my life. You knew, <gasps> Bitch, that was not a wig. Courtney, that was a wig. Are you kidding me? Like, why are white people incapable of, of knowing why it's a wig? Why wouldn't they just curl her hair? She already had short blonde hair. Just curl it. <laughs> I, I mean, she could have been filming something else, but yeah, she okay. had. I want. I'm, I'm fact checking you. I Hold cannot on. believe was that you couldn't tell that was a Kristen wig. That was the worst wig I've ever seen. Belle wearing a wig and queen pins. I can't believe you don't trust my authority as a brown woman. It, this even says Kristen Bell in an unflattering wig <laughs> for her <laughs> as she stars as Connie. I freaking told you. Don't I can't tell when they're wigs, okay? Uh, I can't tell I thought this time, when they're wigs. This time I thought for sure, a thousand percent, Courtney is going to get an A plus on this test. You're like, her hair is curly. <laughs> her hair is curly. I thought she just curled it. All right. So tell us about Connie. Connie. Oh, Connie, Connie. So Connie is married to her husband, Rick, who is an IRS auditor. Yeah. You know what? Would you trust your husband if he was an IRS auditor? You mean a narc? No. <laughs> He's a straight up snitch. <laughs> a snitch? Absolutely not. He not only is he a fed, he's a fed snitch. And he's also kind of a dick. Well, he is. But I understand what's happening between Rick and Connie. So Connie is obsessed with couponing. And in reality, mm -hmm. what's happening here as, listen, as a psychology major with a degree that I'm still paying for but have never used, I would tell you that Connie is focusing all of her attention on couponing because she's having trouble conceiving a child. Yes, Connie and her husband, Rick, who is played by Joel McHale. Joel McHale is hilarious. He's a comedian. They didn't do him justice in this movie. He did not get any jokes. He did not get any jokes. This was a very serious role for him. Even though the movie was goofy. The movie was goofy, but his role was the one serious <laughs> role yeah, in the entire I know, movie. that's so true. Because he's a fed narc. That's right. But they went through four rounds of IVF mm -hmm. to conceive and then lose their baby girl. Yeah, and they have racked up almost $100,000 in debt. And so now they're pinching pennies. And the problem is that when you see these people that are couponing and they have, which Connie is doing it this way, where they have the garage full of shelves, full mm -hmm. of products and stuff. She even, It's not the garage. It's the baby's nursery. So she's buying things they don't need to, quote, save them money. So like, for example, she spent $47 on detergent because it was really mm -hmm. worth $200. And it's like, that's great, but you just spent $47 that we didn't have. That would be one thing if she was reselling because a lot of couponers do in fact resell. She does not. She hoards. Connie is just really knee deep in this couponing thing mm -hmm. and her marriage is circling the drain. Her husband has mm -hmm. opted to travel as much as possible for work. It's always kind of a mm -hmm. red flag when the husband doesn't want to be home. He took a job with the IRS specifically so he doesn't have to be home. Well, not just that. I feel like it's the one 
foot out, one foot in situation, like keeping his foot mm-hmm. in the door, because it's like, just leave and go get milk and they'll come back. But no, you're yeah. leaving three weeks of the month and then you're showing up and wanting to be a husband for one week of the month. It's, and not only that, when he's there, he's like complaining to her the whole time. He's like lecturing the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? At the grocery store, the cashier's they see her coming and they're already like, shit. They're super annoyed and they make fun of her they to do. her face right in front of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also call her the crazy coupon lady, but she's so proud. There's at one point she was checking out and it rang up to like a hundred and something dollars and she used so many coupons, it went down to $16. And that shit is enticing. But when you look at what yeah. she bought, it's like a bunch of things that she's not going to use. That's the problem. But then they're like, oh, congratulations. You beat the system. (laughs) Like, they are such dicks to her, man. They are such dicks to her. Yeah. She has this little catchphrase that she says, you know, when you watch your pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. I mean, there is something to that. Sometimes when you look at people who have amassed a lot of wealth, they Uh are stingy. They're stingy. But... Connie goes to buy her Wheaties, the cereal Wheaties. And Connie also, I don't think we mentioned it, but Connie is a former athlete. I mean, she's a former Olympian for race walking. She has won multiple Olympic mm-hmm. medals by doing the speed walking, which I also, I think it's so cute. Have you ever seen them do it? I don't mean to sound condescending, but it's just like when you watch them doing the speed walking, their little hips are, are like moving side to side so fast. Oh, Connie is putting away her Wheaties, which is like the breakfast of champions Mm -hmm. for Olympians. She's putting away the Wheaties when she gets home. She notices the wallpaper for the baby girl's room that one of her stockpiles is in. And Connie just gets really sad and kind of loses it for a second. This as a former binge eating disorder patient... Mm. This is the saddest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah. Where she's binge eating Wheaties. I like know. It's not even the good cereal. It's not even the good cereal. It's not Fruit Loops. It's not Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's depressing. Yeah. You should really talk to a therapist, not because you're binge eating, but because you're binge eating Wheaties. I know. Like your choice of cereal is really concerning and it points to some deep psychological wounds. You're binge eating Wheaties. <laughs> That's gross. She grabs it by the handful and shoves it into her mouth. And then she realizes that it's stale. And Mm -hmm. listen, if there's one thing about Connie is that she's a Karen. Okay. And you know Mm -hmm. what? I want to redeem Karens a little bit. I know they got a bad rap in 2020 because they were crazy about COVID restrictions. But there's one thing Karens have that we don't have. And it's all the audacity. For sure. Karens aren't about to let that slide. Nothing. They don't let anything slide ever. You know what? I do respect that. The not about to let that slide attitude. I wish I could have an attitude where I'm like, I can't let that slide. I mean, if you tried your cereal and it was stale, like the cereal you just purchased and it was stale, you would go, oh man, Mm -hmm. that sucks. And you would throw it out. That would be the end of it. But that's not Connie. Connie is like, I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a fucking letter. They're going to be sorry that they ever gave me steel products. She name drafts the fact that she's a former Olympian. And she's like, I was distraught that this cereal was stale. And I always imagined that when you wrote a complaint to a company, that it just went directly into the wireless printer at a barn 
and then it fell into a shredder and just became like bedding for the chicken. <laughs> like I literally didn't think it went anywhere. I know it goes places. I've written letters before about products where I was unsatisfied. Mm. So the company sends her a letter basically stating, we're so sorry. This is unacceptable. Here is a coupon for a free box to replace your stale ass Wheaties. Connie gets a light bulb because she looks around and she realizes I could write all of these companies, which interestingly enough, it all goes to the same address because all of these products are owned by the same corporations. Mm -hmm. And she starts writing all of them like my chips were stale. This product didn't work. That product didn't work. And she starts getting a ton of coupons in the mail for free stuff. Yeah, she starts carrying out over everything. Everything's wrong. Everything's gross. Everything's wrong. And she just starts getting all these coupons for free stuff. And you know, it's like a dopamine hit every time. I love free shit. If I got a coupon for something free, I don't care if it was Wheaties. I would be excited. Listen, I think we all love free stuff. It's it's hard to be like, I don't like Wheaties, but if they're free, I guess I'll take them. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly my sort of philosophy. I don't really like them, but if they're free, I guess it's fine. Yeah. After Connie is like, bro, listen, I can get all of the free shit. Mm -hmm. She goes to her neighbor, who is her best friend and also a couponer. She shows her. She's like, look at all these coupons for free stuff that I have. Jojo, her neighbor and friend, is astounded. She's like, oh, my God, how did you get the free stuff? Mm -hmm. Tell me your secrets. Jojo also tells her. Like, dude, can I buy mm -hmm. these from you? Because obviously the coupons yes. are worth money because they're giving you real products. And mm -hmm. Connie gets another light bulb in her head. And this is where the spiraling comes in. She went straight from Karen to mob wife in like the blink of an eye. Yeah. She's like, wait a minute. You would buy these from me? Like you would buy this off of me? This is a light bulb moment for our little blonde hustler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, it would be 100% profit, right? Because she's not spending yeah. any money to get these coupons and then she could sell them to mm -hmm. people for a discount and still get all the profits. However, it's not, I thought that they were just going to start writing mass letters to all the companies, but that's not where mm -mm. Connie's mind goes, which is surprising to me. That is not where Connie's mind goes. Connie's mind is like, Listen, complaining is a lot of work. <laughs> Sending all these letters complaining is a lot of work. Here's what we're going to do. I've noticed that these are all going to the same place. Mm -hmm. All of my letters go to the same place. And when she looks the place up, their printing headquarters is in Chihuahua, Mexico. Which I didn't know was a real place. Isn't that cute? I knew it was a real place. You knew that? Yeah, I knew that. Oh, okay. Have you been there stealing coupons? Connie is just like, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get somebody on the inside to steal coupons for us. She has already planned this out in her head, mm -hmm. okay? She can't be told anything right now. Yeah, she really is thinking big. Her and Jojo drive down to Mexico. They park outside of this printing warehouse and they watch the uh -huh. employees. The employees are all Mexicans. And she picks mm -hmm. out a guy that she thinks looks like not too shady that would bring attention to himself because she doesn't want like a hardened criminal on this, right? You don't want to get in bed with uh -huh. a hardened criminal. She just wants like a Joe Schmo that would also help you rob a bank. She just needs somebody who's honest enough to not fuck them over, mm -hmm. but also shady enough to do illegal shit for them. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It's that sweet spot. It's Yeah, it's that sweet spot. It's not a big ask to be completely honest. 
So she finds a guy and him and his wife agree because they actually, they say it would actually be really easy because when they're printing the coupons, they actually end up printing a lot more than they need and they destroy boxes and boxes of coupons. Yeah. So essentially when they're printing them, only a certain amount will fit in a box, but a different amount fits on a page. And rather than saving this part and then putting them in a different box, they just throw those ones away. It doesn't make sense. But also you have to think about the fact that these coupons are no good in Mexico, I suppose. And that's why it's mm-hmm. like it's worthless to them. It's just a piece of paper. But Connie yeah. is offering them money. Yeah. Connie's like, OK, hear me out. How much do you guys make an hour? And they're like, oh, two dollars. Two dollars an hour. And they're like, really? That is disgusting. And they're like, yeah, it's Mexico. That's why companies move here so they can pay us less and take advantage of us. Well, he said it in dollars. In pesos, it's yeah. probably like 30. <laughs> but still. Yeah, it's probably about 30 pesos. I, I think pesos are like let's, half. Let's look. Okay. Yeah. So $1 is 17 Mexican pesos. Holy shit. But no, but it doesn't go as far. It doesn't take very much for Connie and Jojo to convince these two workers. So they start Mm -hmm. their little scam and we get a little criminal montage, which I have to say is pretty delightful. They have an assembly line of criminals, but not everybody knows that they're doing criminal activity. (laughs) An assembly line of criminals? So we have the Mexican gentleman at the factory Mm -hmm. who is stealing the excess coupons. Right. He is packing them up. He is then handing them off to a Mexican postman and then paying the Mexican postman to hand them off to a different woman who will take them across the border. So they are being handed off to a different woman who is also a friend of Connie's. Yeah. And so then that woman is then taking these giant boxes of coupons for free shit to Connie. Yeah. Connie and Jojo are getting deliveries of boxes and boxes of coupons for free things. And it's a little Mm -hmm. mind blowing because I don't know that there's any of my neighbors just staring out the window watching what deliveries we get. But I feel like I would notice if my neighbor was constantly getting boxes and boxes of delivery every, I'm assuming, like month or week. That lady already was at her place all the time delivering stuff. Mm -hmm. That lady was already delivering coupons all the time. And so people are probably like, oh, it's just coupons because Connie's a crazy coupon person and that lady is her supplier. That lady is her dealer. (laughs) Oh my God, Connie. Yes. So Jojo, the best friend, she is an influencer. She has been trying to be an influencer online and she uses her small platform to elevate their couponing business. Mm -hmm. She directs all of her viewers to a website where they can get coupons for free things. Basically, she's saying you can get these items at like huge discount by buying Mm -hmm. these coupons and their website gets a lot of hits and they get a lot of orders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they get a lot of hits and a lot of orders they start sending out these coupons to people for free stuff. They start bringing in a profit. So we get the montage, we get the criminal montage where you see their bank Uh account just skyrocketing. They're up to, at this point, I believe it's like $200,000. Meanwhile, we have this worker, his name is Ken, and he is like a, a theft protection person. He's basically a security guard, but there is no security guard in the world that takes his job more seriously than Ken. Absolutely not. Ken does his job like he gets paid by the job. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. Like he gets bonused out for 
every fake coupon he finds. Right. And that's his specialty. Which I honestly doubt. We have to describe Ken because we need to give the vibes because Ken, the name Ken so, doesn't do it. I want you to think of Ken from Barbie and then immediately take that image and throw it away. <laughs> Ken is played by Paul Walter Hauser. Ken's specialty is coupons because mm-hmm. there's already a market for fake coupons and they come yes. from China. And Ken is... Ken has a really good eye for spotting these because they're made in a Chinese factory and they always mess something up, right? They don't, they'll mess up how many days there are in a month. They'll mess up the expiration date. Something is always wrong. He has a really good eye for them. The reason for Ken's job in general is because what happens is these people, these innocent, beautiful people come in and they say, here's my coupon. I would please like this discount. And what happens is that they're like, oh, this coupon's not scanning, but Mm -hmm. it's fine. We'll just go ahead and honor the coupon. Even though it's not scanning, we'll honor it for you. But then it gets sent to the manufacturers and then the manufacturers are like fake because that's how coupons work. The store is not eating that cost. What happens is that coupon is coming to the store and then that store is then sending that coupon back to the manufacturer to get that money back. So to be clear, these coupons that are not scanning, these are the Chinese coupons, right? These are the Chinese coupons that are not scanning. That's why Ken's job exists is Mm -hmm. to search out fake coupons that are generally from China. Yeah. After Connie and JoJo's operation starts to take off, Ken is called in because they think all these coupons are fake. What happens is that they're getting all these coupons being sent into them for redemption by stores for free stuff. And they're like, wait a minute, we didn't send out all these coupons. Where are they coming from? They must be fake. Yeah, they're working though. The coupons are working. The stores are able to scan them in. There's no red flags. Mm -hmm. The red flag is when the stores send them to the manufacturer. And again, Ken takes his job really seriously. So when he Mm -hmm. gets word that there is this huge couponing fraud campaign happening, He goes to the Mm -hmm. top, man. He does not mess around. He goes straight to the FBI. Like, (laughs) all right, boss, what do we do? The FBI is like, who let this crazy person in here? Yeah. You know? But also, Ken is bewildered because he can't find the flaws on the coupons. Yeah, he cannot wrap his head around why these are slipping through the cracks. Like, how do they make them so perfectly? So I think for Ken, this is his Olympics. White whale? Yeah, this is his white whale. This is what he lives for, is to crack down on fake Mm -hmm. coupons. So when he goes to the FBI, and the FBI guy humors him and is like, all right, we'll be in touch, sends him away, and then is basically like, who let this weirdo in my office? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Like coupons, we're dealing with terrorists here. Yeah, yeah, we're dealing with terrorists and... We're filming a TV show. Cartel, who who let this guy in here who's talking about coupons. Coupons. Okay, <laughs> listen, I don't think the FBI is actually aware of the scope of the fraud right. at this point. Right, yeah. Because if they were, the FBI would be all over that shit. Yeah, and then so while Ken is chasing his tail because he has nowhere to start. But Ken is also a self-starter. Ken Mm -hmm. is a go-getter. Yeah. And so Ken's like, in the meantime, I will continue the investigation on my own. Okay, so that's exactly what Ken's doing. So Ken tracks down one of the coupon users and she tells him that she found out about it through the website. Ken finds the website that is selling these coupons, but he... 
that's a dead end. He doesn't know who the influencer was. She doesn't remember who the influencer was. Meanwhile, Jojo and Connie, they've racked up $5 million in in, in earnings, okay? And uh-huh. they've even recruited the help of this sto- this uh, almost said stalker. She's a, a hacker chick. She's played by BB Rexa. They her name is Tempa Tina, so I'll just call her Tina, and they know Tina because in Tina's younger days, Tina stole Jojo's identity. How does Jojo even know like how do you know the person that stole your identity? And then get their contact information. I don't know. I don't know. When Jojo and Connie find themselves having all this money, they go to uh-huh. the only kind of nefarious person that they know. And it's this and it's this girl, Tina. And Tina is she's like a criminal mastermind. OK, she's telling them, listen, yes. to me. OK, this money is dirty. You can't spend it. We need to launder. She teach. She basically gives them a money laundering 101 class. Uh huh. But here's the thing. The girls have some ADHD and <laughs> they don't write it down. Tina won't let them write it down so some of the vital instructions fall through the cracks yeah all they hear is that they can't spend their money for six months because it's dirty so six months later connie and jojo are like holy shit we have five million dollars in the bank we are millionaires Mm -hmm. but we can't spend this money because it's dirty and so jojo comes up with an idea on how to clean their money jojo's like we need to spend it then sell it which is exactly how you do clean money you spend it then sell it but the, the girls were not made for the criminal life because they're spending the money on the most expensive things they can find, which is cars, yeah. which has a fucking registration. They buy a plane. Yeah. They buy three Lamborghinis, another random like luxury SUV. They buy a plane uh-huh. and a boat. And it's mm-hmm. like, who are you going to sell this to? First of all, we didn't say this, but they are in freaking Phoenix, Arizona. Like, I don't think there's a huge demand for Lamborghinis in Phoenix, Arizona. But they go out of their way to do this and they can't spend the money fast enough. And so they go out and buy a trunk full of guns, like a trunk full of automatic Uh weapons. And when they get in the car, Jojo's like, that shouldn't have been that easy. Oh, you think? Wait a minute. Buying those automatic weapons was just way too easy in America. Welcome to America. These two suburban moms just walked into a gun show and just filled up a trunk full of guns. And they were like, all right, good day, ma'am. Ma'ams. Yeah, good day. Yeah. No one asked us single follow-up questions like oh what is this for most places don't ask a single question about what your purchases are for so we'll give them that well yeah sure excuse me ma'am what are you doing with this tub of vaseline and this nail clipper and it's like mind your business (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to know you don't want to know right yeah you don't ask questions you don't want the answers to it's called self-care okay you put it on your feet and Um, it helps moisturize it try it (laughs) well yeah so you know now they have all of this product Okay, Mm -hmm. they have all this product. They have six Lamborghinis. They have a plane. They have a boat and they have a shit ton of guns. Yeah. And I think other things, too, because Jojo has an eBay store and she's trying to sell like luxury bags and stuff on eBay, but they just can't get rid of the stuff fast enough. Yeah. Nobody's really interested in buying their shit. Yeah. And that's posing a problem because they had this money. They spent it so they can clean it, but now they can't clean it, get it back. Yeah. They can't clean it. You know what? 
Connie's just like, listen, if the buyers aren't coming to us, we're going to go to the buyers. So they go out looking for guys who might want to buy guns. They find two dudes who have what looks like AK-47 strapped to their back and they're just walking through town and they went and they got like a latte at the local cafe. Yeah, they went to Starbucks to go get coffee. You can do that in America. You can have an AK-47 strapped to your back and you can go get coffee as long as you have a, a license to carry. In some states, in Kentucky, you don't need one. Great. That's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Kentucky, you don't need one. Kentucky is an open carry state and you don't have to have a license to conceal carry anymore. So yeah, in Arizona, that is one of the states where you can just walk around with a giant gun strapped to your back with no questions asked. Okay. That's really amazing. I'm so happy for them and us. This is... yeah. Great news. Um, Because men need to be scarier. You know, it's not enough that they're physically imposing. That's not enough. They also need a giant weapon. So Connie, yes, all the audacity, she goes up to them and she basically, she brokers a deal with these two guys. She doesn't ask what the hell they need guns for, but they bring her out to the middle of the woods, like the middle of nowhere. Courtney, what the hell is happening here? So it looks like I want you to think of militias and apocalypse movies. Yeah, that's what this it looks like a militia military base. It does, dude. And it's just a bunch of random white guys. And honestly, I feel like they might have been interested in the couponing because they look like they're building a bunker or something. You know, I think they would probably be interested in the couponing. They'd be like, tell me more about saving money because we're feeding a lot of people here. (laughs) But it just blows my mind. The movie never explains who the hell these guys are and what they're up to. But it Mm -mm. amuses and terrifies me the fact that 100% this is happening in the U.S. Like 100% there's a bunch of white guys that have like a little club and they get together every Tuesday and they practice military drills and they walk around with AK-47 strapped to Mm -hmm. their back. Like what are you training? for it that that's it they're trading for it yeah like i don't understand the question duh (laughs) duh yeah well the movie was so quirky and silly and then i see this and i'm just right back to the reality of country i live in (laughs) and i'm just like this is the bad place welcome to america the messed up thing is that connie and jojo are so excited to offload this trunk of ak-47s to these Mm -hmm. shady as fuck looking white guys Without knowing what the hell they're planning. I would turn around. Like, even if I did do that, I would, like, tip the FBI. Yeah. So they go there and they sell them all these guns at, like, half price. So every single time, I guess this is maybe, I don't know if this is normal when you clean money. I always thought cleaning money or laundering it was, like, a one for one. But I guess it's not because when you clean money, you lose money. Yeah, I don't know the math of money laundering. I'm sure there are many accountants out there that are like, actually, if you do a Roth RIA. If an accountant can reach out to us and let us know if if they did money laundering wrong. Yeah, I think they did. My sister-in-law, Masha, she's an accountant and uh, she'll definitely mm-hmm. listen to this and she'll text me. Yeah, Masha, me if you could let us know if they did money laundering wrong. I feel like they did. I just have questions. I feel like Masha would totally like help me, but she would also report me to the IRS at the same time. She would be like, oh yeah, girl, that's don't do it like that. <laughs> By the way, um, I just want to verify your address is still (laughs) totally the funniest thing about jojo and connie going through all this trouble to clean their money is that when they go meet with their little hacker dark web friend tina tina yells at them and tells them the money was already clean you stupid bitches you didn't have to do this yes she was like 
guys, she's like, remember when I had you do this underneath the shell company that Jojo already had? The money was already clean. And they're like, oh, you know what? It feels like we messed up a little bit. Yeah, it feels like we misunderstood that. That's hilarious. So funny on us. And then the hacker is really mad. She's screaming at them. Okay. Mm -hmm. She is screaming well because they have a freaking airport hangar full of lamborghinis and a plane and a boat that like they have no way to sell without raising suspicions i'm pretty sure listen i've never laundered money before let's get that right out there you've only committed couponing fraud but the statute of limitations is up so you're fine i have committed couponing fraud in the past and <laughs> to be fair i didn't know i couldn't do that do you um, know there was a dave Chappelle skit where like he talks about his white friend getting pulled over and he says that to the cop like i'm sorry officer i didn't know i couldn't do that that is like the white man's excuse i didn't know i couldn't do that <laughs> Sorry if this is illegal. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Anyways, I I don't money launder. I've Mm -hmm. never money laundered. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure when you do money launder, you don't do that with things that require a registration, like the Lamborghinis and the planes and the boats. Right. And the airplane hangar. I'm pretty sure that's not how you do business. Here's the crazier thing. And this is the craziest part of the whole movie. And we need to Google this at the end and see if it really happened. So remember, Connie got into a bunch of debt with her husband doing fertility Mm -hmm. treatments. And one of the first things she wants to do with her money is she wants to go back into the fertility clinic. She wants to go back in and she wants to give it another try. Yeah. Only this time her husband has no idea and he's actually not necessary this time. Yeah. He's not necessary this time. She goes in, she talks to the same fertility doctor that she used in the past. And he's like, good news is we also still have some of Rick's sperm. And just hearing his name and sperm She's like, what if, and hear me out, um, we didn't. What if we didn't? Yeah. What are my options here? Said every woman ever. And they're like, wait a minute. You you don't want to use your husband's sperm? He's your husband. I don't like him right now. (laughs) Right? I thought it was crazy because she's married and she's going into a fertility clinic without her husband and she's asking to be inseminated with a donor sperm and she just like picks them out. Mm -hmm. Like it's like anonymous hinge yeah there's no pictures that's one of the things is when it comes to like sperm banks and stuff there's no pictures of your donor it's just a description i would need a very detailed description like you would need to get a romance novelist up in there and write me like a little short blurb about this guy walking into the room and taking my breath away listen you also need to have like the staff rate him on a scale of one to ten yes you need rate him on a scale of one to ten because listen i get it maybe he has fantastic genes as Mm -hmm. far as intelligence and style and a sense of humor maybe he checks all the boxes but what if he has severely just fugly face yeah what if he looks like a toe you're gonna give me a toe baby you know what that baby's gonna be cute even if it looks like a toe but that there is a statue limitation on baby cuteness okay when that runs out you're you're raising an ugly kid and that's not easy let me tell you kids are hard ugly kids why would you want somebody to have a toe baby Yeah. I don't want anybody to have a toe baby. I don't want a toe baby. Nobody wants a toe baby. Just be honest. Okay. Yeah. P.S. I look like a toe. But yeah, Connie gets inseminated by the sperm, which is insane. 
Meanwhile, while this is happening, the husband has been gone. He has no idea that she's, mm-hmm. you know, has this huge couponing operation. Meanwhile, in Quantico, where the FBI headquarters are, there is like this low totem pole agent that gets the file that Ken has been working on about this huge couponing fraud thing. Yeah, the guy calls Ken up and is like, hey, let's talk about your couponing scandal. Let's talk about it. And Ken's excited that the FBI is actually taking this seriously now. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like this guy was just following up to be nice because he Mm -hmm. is about to dismiss Ken until Ken tells them these coupons are being mailed out all over the U.S. Which does make it a bigger deal because instead of it being like a state issue, now it's a federal issue. Now it's federal. Whenever you involve the mail, now it's federal. Mm -hmm. But the guy, the FBI agent tells Ken, we're going to have boots on the ground in 48 hours. And sure enough, there is an agent. Agent Vince Vaughn shows up, okay? He has has a badge clipped to his belt. He's looking like husky, Mm -hmm. but like well-fed. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't look like he spends all his time at the gym or staring himself in the mirror, but he just, he looks well-fed. I am digging. I am digging this Vince Vaughn. It's Vince Vaughn dad bod. Yes, love it. It's Vince Vaughn dad bod. Love. Is it the Travis Kelsey effect? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> now any man that looks like he could have at one time played football or still play football, we're yeah. like, mm, boy, what's your name? Any man that's built like a toe, we're like, damn. Damn. What that dad bod do? <laughs> <laughs> Vince Vaughn's like, hey, you know, I'm he- I'm here to help. He's a post office inspection. Postal inspector. Which apparently they're like federal agents and they carry guns and i don't know there's something really hot about that while vince vaughn and ken are trying to figure this out they end up getting lucky and they have an envelope from where the coupons were sent because vince vaughn had told ken just order some of the coupons and see where they come from which ken did ken orders the coupons they come to him The return address is a pet store out of Kansas. Mm -hmm. However, Vince Vaughn, postal inspector, is like, ha ha ha, not so fast. You see this 8-3 over here? That's Arizona. You see these last three digits? That's Phoenix. This was sent from Phoenix, Arizona. And so they go and they interview a bunch of employees from the local grocery stores and they figure out JoJo has the connection through the website. And so it's just very quickly they crack this case. Okay, before you know it, they are in, I don't know, what is this? Like a huge van full of like SWAT guys, but they're not SWAT guys. Yeah, so... I think they are like SWAT guys. Well, they're dressed like SWAT. They have like helmets and bulletproof vests and they have guns. But it says like post office inspector service. It says like something post office. Does post office have a military? (laughs) Do they have a militia? Does the post office have a militia? They're like in a van riding up in the middle of the night. This whole SWAT team is geared up to go deal with dangerous criminals when really they're just going to arrest Connie and Joanne from the suburbs. I feel bad because Jojo lives with her mom and Jojo's mom gets arrested. Like they both get dragged out of there and obviously Connie gets arrested. And one of the first clips we see after the arrest is Jojo's mom talking to Vince Vaughn and Jojo's mom is like, okay, what do I get if I turn state's witness? Like her mom, like immediately. Jojo's mom is just ready to snitch. And she doesn't even know anything. Like Vince Vaughn tells her, we have no reason to believe you're even involved in this. 
And she's just like, I will give you evidence. I don't even know what's going on, but I will give you all the evidence you need. Listen, I'll go find evidence. I'll go plant evidence. Just as long as I don't go to jail. (laughs) At this point, post office inspector and Ken bring in Rick, Connie's husband, Mm -hmm. the fed narc. So they bring in the fed narc. He's so confused. Yeah, they're like, how are we supposed to believe that you had no idea this was going on? You know, right in your house, you're an IRS auditor. He immediately distances himself. Not a single person seems to ask for a lawyer, which again blows my mind. I almost ask for lawyers when I get traffic stopped. Like... Yeah, I hope I'm never in a situation where I have to ask for a lawyer. I will be very respectful to the police officers, but I will say, guys, I watched too much 2020 to believe that I will not be falsely implicated in a crime I didn't commit. So I'm going to need that lawyer now. Have you Thank heard you. about the case of Anan Saeed? You ain't going to catch me unaware. Oh my God. Right? Is he out of prison yet? Um, He is, but it was like under a technicality or something like that. He spent like 20 something years in prison his whole life, basically. I know. I think everyone's always like, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't need an attorney. Right. That is when you're the most vulnerable because if you didn't do anything wrong, you don't Mm -hmm. know how to lie to protect yourself, to be honest with you, right? Like the people who are guilty, they know what to lie about. They know that the crime happened at the corner of whichever. So they're going to say they were at the other side of town. No, it's you always need an attorney. That's, you know what? We always tell you not to listen to us. Listen to us here. Not legal advice. You always need an attorney. Not legal advice, but you always need an attorney. So here's the thing, right? When post inspector Vince Vaughn comes in with Ken and they interview Connie, I think it kind of deflates them a little bit because they realize that they're not dealing with the super hardened criminal. They're dealing with this suburban woman. And not just that, like Connie doesn't think she did anything wrong like she doesn't think it's that big of a deal she's like we stole some coupons then Vince Vaughn explains to her I just want you to know that for every hundred thousand dollars of fake coupons that you sent through the mail that's one year of prison yeah so she's facing 40 years to life in prison and he tells mm-hmm. her also that she defrauded 240 companies out of tens, she doesn't give a shit about that <laughs> out of tens of millions of dollars and connie is pretty distraught and somehow her and jojo are like in the same prison awaiting their hearing their sentencing hearing that would never happen which i'm pretty sure would never happen but they get to talk and connie tells jojo that she's going to accept all responsibility so that jojo can Mm -hmm. get off easier because it was connie's idea but jojo was in it you know what i mean jojo was in it but also connie's like listen i pushed you to do it you didn't even want to do it this is really my fault it's on me Yeah. So it comes time for their sentencing hearing. Jojo ends up getting off with 10 days in prison suspended, which means she doesn't have to serve it. And then a year of probation. A year of probation. Yeah. Unfortunately, Miss Connie, she ends up getting 11 months in prison because Connie, at the advice of the inspector general of the post office inspector, and Ken, she decided not to use a coupon for her attorney. And she paid a shit ton of money (laughs) for this lawyer. Well, I don't know if if her sentencing is not unfortunate at all because she was facing 40 years to life and she got off on 11 Mm -hmm. months with parole possible. So like realistically for a nonviolent crime, if she serves three months in jail, like it'll probably be a lot. Well, we do get to see a little bit of her in prison. She didn't serve that much time, but she did serve enough time to where we start to see that bump 
Yeah, so she's pregnant with some anonymous donor's baby. She also mm-hmm. asked her husband for a divorce prior to this. But you know what's crazy, though? Do you think because she was married when she got pregnant, if I was her husband, mm-hmm. I wouldn't believe her that it wasn't his sperm and I would demand like a DNA test. So I think that if they use his sperm, the fertility clinic would have to legally disclose that to him. Yeah. They would have to tell him, hey, it was your sperm. But I don't think they were having sex. So I, I don't think it, there's any way possible for it to be his baby. The two Mexican accomplices, they got word ahead of time and they ran off. Like they dipped, they're gone, which like honestly good for them because Mexican jail is no joke. They dipped, but also I don't think Mexico planned on prosecuting. <laughs> Mexico was like, literally, we do not care. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of the cartel? We you, have bigger fucking problems. <laughs> you defrauded American companies? Okay, no one cares. Zero shit's given. We can't even use those coupons here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they were essentially until they crossed the border into the US, those coupons were worth zero dollars and zero cents in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So they were basically just like smuggling paper. They probably would have just lost their jobs. But so yeah, so Connie, we get to see her in jail. She has a baby bump or whatever. So the mm-hmm. two guys that cracked this case, we have postal inspector agent. Vince Vaughn and then Ken Mm -hmm. they seem to be down a little bit about the outcome of events they wanted they really wanted Connie to be made an example because this was and they said this was the biggest couponing fraud ever in the history of the U.S. Vince Vaughn and Ken go to the prosecutor and was like what gives and they're like listen what it really came down to was these companies didn't want their name in the press. Mm. They didn't want everyone to know that they got taken advantage of yeah. and then they got swindled. So without these companies willing to press the charges, we couldn't do much. And these are big corporations. But yeah, I would imagine they would want this to go away. They would want to mm-hmm. bury this deep in the newspaper because it gives ideas to other people. Do you know what I'm saying? There's always people looking for a way to make a quick buck. They could see what Mm -hmm. these women did and then learn how to do it better and then try to do that. So you don't want to advertise away. But then also, I feel like if they would have made an example of them, I don't know. But I guess it doesn't matter because people never think they can get caught. Even if they would have given Connie 40 years, somebody else would have been like, I could do it better. Even if Connie would have got 40 years, people would have been like, I've learned from her mistakes. Yes. Anyway, so it's weird because this is based on a true story, but there it's painted as a happily ever after because Connie's getting out of jail and she has her baby and she got divorced from her husband and Jojo is dating like a postal service man and Jojo found a stash of money that the feds didn't find because it was in her stash it was in her stockpile it was in an old diaper box yeah or an old pad box which i wonder how many times that happens right because they can't recover everything and if you're smart you like hid money somewhere they can only take what they find not legal advice (laughs) Mm -hmm. but just common sense advice the feds can only take what they find Anyway, let's talk about Ken at the end. Ken kind of has a big life change after all this. Yeah, Ken decides that being the loss prevention officer for ANG stores is just no longer enough. Mm -hmm. So he applies to be a post office inspector. He applies to be Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he wants to be a federal agent and he wants to work on cases like this, right? Because coupons are his passion. He wants to crack down the coupon smugglers like Courtney. Well, you know what? Uh-huh. Soon, 
It's going to go from coupon smuggling to stamp fraud. Stamp fraud is a huge deal. What's stamp fraud? Oh, stamps. People are making stamps? Mm -hmm. Yeah, people make fake stamps. Damn. People make fake everything, I guess. And here's the thing is that it's a money train until it's not. And then you're in jail and you have nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not worth it. Like, it's just not worth it. Because, for example, these women, by the way, in real life, they made like $40 Mm -hmm. million. $40 million. And they ended up with a criminal record and none of it. So it's like, it's just not... Okay, well, they ended up with some of it. And... In the movie. In the movie. Also, in the movie, not in real life, but in the movie, when Connie gets out of prison, they skip over to the border to Mexico and start all over again. She learned nothing. She was not rehabilitated. Well, they, it's a different business though, isn't it? Or is it the same thing with coupons? I don't know if it's, I don't know. But she does state something about how Mexico has no extradition clause. So I'm assuming it was. So yeah, honestly, I think when someone figures out how to live a criminal life, I don't know that you can go back. Like, how do you go back to your nine to five when you can make $40 million like illegally? I couldn't, could never. <laughs> I just looked it up. If if you do stamp fraud for like mailing a letter, mm-hmm. those kinds of stamps, it is up to five years in prison per stamp. Holy shit, dude. And what could possibly be the freaking like, do you know how many stamps you have to sell before you can make a profit? Like stamps are not that much. They're like 66 cents. Anyway, whatever. It's still almost a dollar to mail a letter. And also who's buying like that much anyway you know what you don't tell anybody we're not brainstorming criminal activity here that is not what we're doing i mean that is what we're doing but no more anyway the teapot is empty for today don't worry more is bringing on the way we'll be back next week with another episode see you next time bye